This is Reset. I'm Becky Beebe, in for Sasha Ann Simons. April is Autism Awareness Month, or as advocates say, Autism Acceptance Month. So we're learning more about services and organizations in Chicagoland that serve those with autism. The CDC estimates that one in 44 children and over 5 million adults in the U.S. have autism. But as recently as 10 years ago, there weren't a lot of comprehensive services available for young adults with autism. So as part of our weekly Chicago Innovators series, we're checking in with two organizations that were part of changing that. Heather Tarkzan is the executive director at Urban Autism Solutions, an organization that works with young adults ages 16 to 35. She joins us now. Hi, Heather. Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Also with us is Tony Russo. He's founder of Life Speed Behavioral Support Services. Tony, welcome. Hey, how are you? Good afternoon. I'm I'm good. Good afternoon to you. Let's start, Tony, with you for a little bit of context. We know autism is a spectrum and can manifest differently in everyone. Remind us of some of the defining characteristics of autism. Sure. So autism spectrum disorder is a developmental disorder. It's typically diagnosed very early on, so let's say birth to four, and it's characterized by delays in day-to-day functioning. So these, I mean, can include a, a myriad of, of presenting behaviors, extreme rigidity, deficits in communication, and oftentimes rather significant sensory dysregulation. ASD now includes several conditions that used to be diagnosed separately, um, autistic disorder, pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified, and um, Asperger's syndrome. And as you said, one in, in every 44 children uh, are diagnosed with ASD each year, you know, just, just as of last year. It's, it is significantly more common in boys than girls, girls about a four-to-one ratio. And currently, there is no, no cure. So what we, what we do, to the best of our knowledge, is essentially mitigate symptoms. So take those things that present and figure out how to how to put uh, put things in place to allow people to move past them or deal with them. Mm-hmm. Heather, what are some of the most common challenges that people with autism and their families face? Sure. Oftentimes, uh, there's a you know, for for lack of a better way to put it, um, there's a lack of planning. So once your student ages out of high school or graduates from high school, um, you know, really having a concrete plan in place for that young adult. Um, you know, some of the other challenges are, are finding peer social groups, mm. um, residential options, and of course, employment. Um, autism is a um, disability that is the least employed in the United States. Hmm. Tony, could you tell us a little bit about your organization, LifeSpeed, and, and why you started it? Yeah, I, I love that, that Heather just highlighted those those deficiencies as a society that we need to figure out how to solve for. Not right. putting it on the person dealing with the issue that we're essentially categorizing, but saying, how can we allow that person to live up to their full potential? So I started LifeSpeed as, as essentially a conduit to existing services. Now, that's a, a separate conversation that we can hopefully get into. There is clearly a lack of those. Right. But the support we offer should supplement a lack of support options, but, or excuse me, should complement the, the, the services that larger entities you know, provide, like a day program, residential services, supported employment, et cetera. Um, but we do, 
you know, sadly uh, have to supplement uh, or, or solve for that. So um, our mission is to empower our clients and our families to be successful in whatever the next stage of life is, uh, given that, you know, no one undertaking occurs in isolation. We do try and take a comprehensive approach to care that includes all aspects of those things. So like persons on our planning, family feedback, caregiver training, participation, and, you know, just always looking at the overarching objective and figuring out what are the lesser included goals that we can we can meet in order to lead that person along that path to where they want to be. Heather, you mentioned that sometimes uh, or that structurally the ways sort of the set the support services are set up that they they kind of end when a student graduates from high school. Um, could you talk about why that is and, and what happens with with people with autism or their families after that point, you know, in the years after age 18? Sure. So students in Illinois are able to stay in high school until uh, they turn 22 uh-huh. and they would graduate with their class that year. Um, and um, that's within IEP and that's uh, with which is an individual education plan. And oftentimes um, in school, there's speech and language therapy, there's social work. There might even be some additional clinical services like occupational therapy. Um, so those, those kinds of services are um, instrumental in helping the student um, start to achieve their goals for when they leave high school. And what should be happening is when students enter high school at about the age of 14 and a half, they should already be working towards what the next phase of their life is going to look like, and that's adulthood, where most of us spend most of our, our lifetime. Um, so everything that takes place in addition to the traditional education should also be working towards the goal of what will this student do once they graduate. Some uh, schools have resources that are far beyond what other uh, schools are able to offer. So there's definitely, you know, a, a gap in terms of funding that's in different high schools. Um, but a lot of the students, for example, that we work with want employment and want, um, as Tony was saying, that, that next phase of their life. They want to reach whatever their full potential is. And that's a big focus of our program, um, particularly with our Westside High School students. We want to try to help as many students as we can work towards employment. So that's everything from helping them with their resume and finding uh, an employer to educating the employer about the benefits of hiring somebody with autism um, to providing job shadowing when the young adult is first on the job. Mm. And then, um, frankly, more recently, um, transportation uh, has mm. been you know a big, big barrier and a big issue for us. And we've been incredibly fortunate to um, have a partnership with Lyft, who is actually providing our young adults with rides to and from work free of charge. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Um, Tony, LifeSpeed focuses on something known as applied behavior analysis services. Could you define that for us and and explain why it is LifeSpeed focuses on that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, life or ABA applied behavior analysis is, is a sect of psychology that, that the easiest way to understand it is it's the scientific study of human behavior, uh, that can improve people's lives in socially significant or meaningful ways. So the key word for me in, in, in that, you know, definition is going to be people. 
not even so much meaningful, which is, I think, what we get focused on as a, as a social support service, which is amazing in and of itself, but that's kind of intrinsic. I think the thing that separates our company from most ABA companies is we really take a person-centered approach. Mm. Every single different, right, whether you're neurotypical or not, whether you are, you know, living in, in um, uh, neighborhood A or neighborhood B, whether you have a brother or a sister, we provide a service, but at the core of our model is a human-human interaction, and that hopefully establishes a trusting bond, and then within that, that you know, uh, bubble, we can operate, we can make progress together. So for us, our, our approach is always function-based. We don't just look at the overt representation of behavior, which is what is happening, but the reasons why um, the, the factors influencing that person's behavior. So why is it why is it occurring? And then one of the main tenets of ABA is that our work should be measurable, whether we're operationally defining what we're looking at or simply holding ourselves accountable as providers to not have some uh, ongoing, unending relationship with someone and instead working purposefully towards, as I said before, an objective. What are the goals we need to meet and how can we target them in the most efficient manner such that you're making progress and hopefully we're you know, feeling good about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. What resources, Tony, are there for families of people with autism? I mean, sadly, in my experience, not many. Not many that are substantial, I should say. A lot of families have had to pivot and kind of figure things out on their own. They'll go down a Google rabbit hole. They'll reach out to other parents with children with autism. You know, you do get get lucky is, is probably the word I would use and, and find a provider that can really be ahead, as Heather was saying, in terms of the body after high school. But during the early stages, in my limited experience, what I've seen is most people do, in fact, just rely on what their school support team is telling them. Mm-hmm. The good news about that is it tends to be a comprehensive approach. It can be ADA, uh, OT, PT, speech, you know, even guidance counselors, what, social work, whatever that looks like. But the second, you know, um, that uh, figurative floor is kind of dropped out from underneath them, that's where I see the biggest gap in services. And that's where people really, it's just, it could be years down the road, but in the blink of an eye, you all of a sudden are, are there, and it can be very, very overwhelming. T- Heather, turning to you, your organization, Urban Autism Solutions, um, you have have taken a look at that concern that families have um, with if they have a child with autism or a person with autism in their family. Um, many parents wonder, you know, will 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 they be okay when I'm no longer around? So I'm wondering from your perspective and with your organization, are there resources or what, what do you do to address that issue? Right, definitely, Becky. There's um, the the big issue that we've been talking about is essentially the services that end at 22 or when a person graduates from high school. It's a bigger phenomenon called uh, falling off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And um, that's very, very scary for parents and caregivers and guardians. And um, parents and guardians need to be looking as much ahead into the future 
as as possible because nobody will be here forever. So as Tony was saying, like, you know, working with your your case team, your case managers, um, finding an attorney that can set up a, a trust. The state of Illinois has an ABLE account where funds can be diverted um, into your child's account um, that can be used to pay for services. There are some other resources. The state of Illinois has the Illinois Department of Rehabilitative Services that are available to both youth and adults. And then we're based here in the city of Chicago, and uh, one of our partners is the Mayor's Office of People with Disabilities. Mm. And they've got experts that range from Social Security to programming to, you know, some assistance with employment, food, everything in between. So it's another terrific resource um, that's available free of charge for Chicago residents. Oh, interesting. Heather, I know uh, you guys try to make the idea of living independently also less intimidating for, for young adults with autism. And I understand you have several several residential homes. Um, could you tell us about that and, and what participants say they gain from being part of that program? Sure. What happens a lot of the times with um, young adults or people in general who have autism, it doesn't have to be young adults, um, a lot of times there's a lot of isolation. So uh, people tend to be um, very isolated, have difficulty making friends, keeping friends, understanding the verbal and maybe physical cues um, in the world around them. And what our um, residents really like about the program is, one, it's very person-centered and everybody's got their own schedule and their own things that they need to do during the course of the day. We have an incredible team that is managing um, all of the moving parts and pieces. Um, we're a very small boutique-sized agency, and as it relates to residential, we have seven clients currently in three different um, houses and two townhouses mm. here in wow. the Little Italy neighborhood. Um, we've been fortunate as well. One of our townhouses is also used for the Urban Autism Solutions Life Lab, mm. where some of our more impacted students can go th- into this house with our our team, and they learn everything from um, light cooking skills to laundry to making a bed, um, daily household living sort of tasks. Interesting. This is Reset. I am Becky Vivi in for Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about two organizations that have expanded services and programming for young adults with autism in Chicagoland. We're talking with Tony Russo, founder of Lifespeed, and Heather Tarksan of Urban Autism Solutions. Tony, as I mentioned, it is Autism Acceptance Month. Um, what do Before we go, what do you want people to know about autism? Autism is is something different. Different doesn't uh, imply anything but not the same. It's not lesser. It's not greater. One thing could be left and one thing could be right. I think one of the common misconceptions is to fear that which we do not know, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a very human undertaking. We all we all look at things that might be different from ourselves, and we we're tentative to engage with them. So I would advocate for opportunities. I would advocate for education, uh, discussion, open-ended that, you know, if we teach people at an early age, um, that, that those that may not look or act like us are still us. Mm-hmm. They're still, and they, they have preferences, they have taste buds, they have different colors that they like. And we begin that dialogue early and often 
I think that's kind of the key to breaking down some of the barriers people with autism um, uh, still face. Sure. Much as we're talking about later in life, not just early on. But this is a conversation that begins and doesn't or they shouldn't end. And Heather, what about you? We only have about 30 seconds left, but what would you like folks to, to do or know? Sure. I very much echo Tony's sentiments. I think opportunities um, in, in terms of hiring uh, people with autism or related challenges, um, being able to give these folks a, a chance, um, particularly as it relates to employment, is key um, because they're people that are doing, you know, terrific work once employed, once they have their routine down and um, are, are able to contribute very positively to society. That's Heather Tarksan, Executive Director of Urban Autism Solutions, and Tony Russo, founder of LifeSpeed. Heather, Tony, thank you both so much.